Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, almost seven months now into this time of global pandemic, to say nothing of everything else happening in the world these days, I think you'll agree with me when I say that sometimes it feels as though we're mired in our own personal desert wilderness. And to borrow the biblical term here, prone to murmuring. But the good news in this is that just as God provided manna and quail to the Israelites in the midst of their murmuring, so God provides for us. That's what we're going to be talking about today in the message which is entitled, As Bread for the Broken. It's based on the story of Moses and the people of Israel found in Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 through 15. I suppose it was inevitable, right? After all, it was now about six weeks or so from their deliverance from slavery to Egypt and their subsequent journey across the parted Red Sea into the Sinai wilderness. Six weeks, just long enough for their food supplies to run out, for their patience to wear thin, and the harsh reality of their situation to begin to settle in. And, and moreover, to be fair, there was, um, shall we say, a certain vagueness to the whole enterprise. There had been a whole lot of talk about freedom, a better life, and a land flowing with milk and honey, which was all very, very good. But so far, there hadn't really been any specific indications as to how all that was going to work out. Nor had they any real say in the process as it was unfolding. All these people knew is that this pilgrimage through the wilderness <clears throat> had now become a battle for survival. Bad to the point that they'd even begun to reminisce, even half fondly. That even in the worst of times back in Egypt, at least they had sat by the flesh pots and ate their fill of bread. So, yes, it was kind of understandable that what they did in response was exactly what any of us might have done under the same circumstances. They complained. And they complained a lot. Now, in other translations of Scripture, the word that's used here is grumble. They grumble. But actually, for my money, the best translation comes from the old King James Version, where it says that the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. I love that. The idea that out amidst the dry sand and the blistering winds of the desert, these people were murmuring their discontent, that says it all. No rioting going on. There's no attempted coup. There, there's no petitions for asylum. Just this growing crescendo of fear and uncertainty. This overwhelming feeling of helplessness that builds into hopelessness and then to anger and then to desperation. Really, that we can understand. Because after all, we're a people who want, need, expect some measure of control in our lives. It's okay for things not to go well for a while. 
We want to see that light at the end of the tunnel. We want to see a clear path ahead. We don't want it to be vague. M. Craig Barnes, uh, one of my favorite preachers these days, he is uh, the president at Princeton Seminary, he says this very well. He writes, vague is one of our least favorite adjectives. If you give a report or presentation at work, the last thing you want to hear is that you were vague. When your daughter announces she's getting married and you ask about their plans for the future, you don't want to hear from them, well, we plan to live on love. Vague frightens us. We are a people who prefer plans, strategies, numbers, lots and lots of details. The trouble with all this, however, is that oftentimes life is far, far out of our control. And just like Israel, we find ourselves wandering aimlessly in the desert. Things are going along just fine, right? And then you lose your job. There's a health scare. Someone we love passes away. A cherished relationship comes to an abrupt end. A worldwide global pandemic leads to months and months of quarantine. And suddenly, the pathway you've been walking along every day of your life has taken a sharp turn into unfamiliar territory. And you, you are totally disoriented. You're scared to death. You're wanting like anything for things to go back the way they were, at least when it was safe. You don't know what to do. See, that's the, the desert experience, friends. That's what the Israelites were facing out there in the wilderness. And that's, frankly, what so many of us have to deal with in the utter uncertainty of our own lives. See, in the face of all that, murmuring just seems like the proper response. But here's the other thing about the desert experience. While it is most definitely the place where We've got to give up control. It's also the place where we learn to receive the mysterious future has for us. Quoting Craig Barnes again, the desert journey is hard because it is so threatening. Resources and assurances are few. Questions and anxiety is plentiful. In the desert, you discover you have no choice but to trust God which is why it's the place where souls are shaped. In our text this morning from the book of Exodus, we discover that uh, the Israelites' problem is ultimately not with Moses and Aaron. They were just going to blame the leadership. But their real problem was with God. Even Moses can see this. It's not he or his brother that the people can't trust. It's Yahweh. And that's because they don't know nor do they understand that the same God who had enacted their deliverance also plans to be with them in the wilderness. They don't get it. They don't get that while their plight is very real, God in his providence will sustain them for the journey ahead. See, once you've started crossing the desert, there's no going back. The future and its promise lay ahead, and Israel had not yet come to embrace the truth that only the God of mystery could get them there. They murmured. But what does God do in the midst of this murmuring? 
How does God respond to a people who won't trust his leadership? Well, the answer comes in one of the most evocative images we have in the Old Testament. God tells Moses that I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. It's manna. A fine, flaky substance, we're told, appearing each new day with the morning dew, and it is as fine as the frost on the ground. I love that image. In fact, also, we're told later on that the taste of this manna was like wafers made with honey. It's a gift, a true gift from God. But also, you need to understand, it was a gift that came with instructions. First, every family had to gather their own. You couldn't hoard it because by the middle of the day, it would have been spoiled by worms. And only one day's ration was allowed, except on the sixth day of the week when you could have an extra portion for the Sabbath. So, manna in the morning, followed also by the arrival of quail in the afternoon and evening for meat. Not too much food, mind you, but enough, just enough sustenance to keep them going on the journey. Interestingly enough, while Moses is very reassuring in bringing this news to the people, in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaining. God, on the other hand, though, is more than upfront as to how this is, in fact, a test of Israel's trust and faith, a determination, if you will, as to whether or not this measure of food was going to lead them in trusting that God would continue to provide for them along the way or not. Now, like I said before, what we read today is actually a small portion of a larger story. And if you read through the entirety of this 16th chapter of Exodus, you really come away with a feeling, at first at least, that this was kind of vindictive. The very vision of the judgmental God of the Old Testament. But looking at it a little more closely, actually it makes perfect sense that God would see this as a test of faith. Moreover, it kind of completes the gift. You see, just as God understood that the Israelites would most certainly not be wholly satisfied with what they were being given, God also knows that there is never going to be enough sustenance in this world, at least, to rid you and me of all the concerns and anxieties we carry. Because, folks, the true nature of life is that life is predictably unpredictable. In other words, and you know what I'm talking about here, just about the time we figure out what we need to survive, what we're facing today, along comes another challenge that needs facing tomorrow. On some level or another, we're always going to be hungry. We are always going to be thirsty. There will always be yet another unexpected twist and turn along the pathways we follow. Like it or not, that's simply what life is. And if you and I are going to live that life with any kind of confidence or any sort of integrity or purpose, friends, we're going to have to walk those pathways trusting God. Knowing that if nothing else, there's going to be more manna and quail when we need it. Now, I understand, and, and we all do the best we can along the way, and so we should. 
We get serious uh, uh, about the future. We build up our pension accounts. We, we lose weight. We exercise. We wear our masks. And we make every effort to stay socially distanced from one another. But you see, at the end of the day, the kind of effort we put in only takes us so far. And the time comes when in the midst of our challenges, our murmuring and our brokenness, we realize we have to give the rest over to God. This same God who provides for us one meal, one day, one blessing at a time, truly giving us this day our daily bread. Well, today, of course, is World Communion Sunday, and in a few moments, uh, we'll be gathering, however remotely it has to be in 2020, at the Lord's table. We are going to come together today with believers the world over so we might know the Lord's presence in the broken bread in the shared cup. It's also, I think, a, a good time to reflect on the true meaning of this sacrament as regards our Christian faith. And moreover, I would suggest to you that it's a chance for each of us to remember and give thanks for how this deceptively simple meal has nourished our own spiritual growth. I have to tell you that for me, this day is filled with the memory of either receiving or serving communion when I was made newly and palpably aware of the Lord's presence there in the bread and the cup, as well as uh, the powerful movement of God's Holy Spirit in and through my life and, and in and through the life of the church of which I'm a part. But this morning I want to share with you the memory for me that probably stands out the most. And it is a memory of communion that happened right here in this very sanctuary shortly after I arrived here at East Church as your pastor. Now, as most of you are aware, before we came here, I was in a place that I still like to refer to as in-between callings. Lisa, the children, and I had left Ohio. We had come back to Maine, where I was going to focus on all my attention on the search and call process and find a new church. And we did this knowing that in the United Church of Christ, this is a process that could take some time. But hey, it was summer, we had the camp, everything was going to be fine. <laughs> but as August turned into September, turned into October, and the days of autumn crept towards a long Maine winter, and with still nothing concrete about a pastoral position, I'll be honest with you folks. I had begun to do more than a little bit of murmuring. Now, I've got to tell you, in retrospect, I don't know if I ever doubted God through all of it, but I most certainly doubted myself. And day by day, I was beginning to feel increasingly mired and broken there in the middle of my own personal desert wilderness. But you know what happened. Our wonderfully amazing, graceful God managed to bring us together as pastor and parish here at East Church. And now it was about a month into that ministry. It was the first Sunday of the month. We were here in worship, and I was leading us together in the sacrament of communion. Now, this was something that as a pastor I had done literally hundreds of times before over the years. But this time it was different. 
And I can tell you exactly the moment I realized it. It's when I said, as I almost always do during communion, in the broken bread we participate in the broken body of Christ. In the cup of blessing we celebrate the new life that Christ brings. I pour the bread, see. But the reality of what I was doing hit me in a way that tore me asunder. I suddenly realized that I'd been broken. All the challenges and struggles of the last few months, all of the uncertainty, all of the doubts, all of those lingering feelings of, of anger and regret and fear and brokenness in my life at that point. And now I was suddenly and profoundly and deeply aware that Jesus' body had been broken. And it had been broken for my sake so that I might know redemption and hope and life. Not to mention forgiveness and the ability to forgive. All of this, even when I've been too mired in my own feelings of being lost and broken to fully know and trust it. But now, in this moment, I realized I was, in fact, participating in the broken body of Christ. I had been the recipient of infinite and unending love. And I was able, at last, to truly and wholly celebrate the new life that Christ brings. As bread was given for the broken in the form of manna. In that moment of celebration in our worship, I was given the sustenance that I needed. And I knew where it came from. And I am telling you about this today because if right now you're feeling broken, if right now maybe seven months of pandemic has finally gotten to you, or perhaps the onslaught of negativity and divisiveness in this election year has left you exhausted and angry and bitter, if maybe you've come today to the sad conclusion that this roller coaster ride that is 2020 is more, much more than you can handle, and now you just feel broken as a result of it all. If that's you, beloved, then you need to know that this holy meal that we are about to share is for you. There's a line in the song, Heart of the Family, that we sing sometimes that says, there's life to be shared in the bread and the wine. We are the branches and Christ is the vine. Now, and that's what we receive here. And whereas this act of worship we join together to share today might not change the ever-spinning nature of the world in these days, I will dare say that it will give you and me the sustenance we need for this desert journey. So let's come to the table today, from wherever we are, so that we can be fed that we might have the sustenance we need. And that in the process we will know the presence, the power, and the glory of God in Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. May our thanks ever and always be unto God. And that's the message entitled, As Bread for the Broken and it was recorded for our October 4th online service of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. By the way, 
You can join us live for those online services by logging onto Facebook Live on our East Church Facebook page each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. As these days of pandemic continue, we're finding great value in coming together this way, and we'd really love to have you be a part of it. And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and not only do I want to thank you for listening today, I also want to say thank you for your continued support of this podcast, which recently reached a total of 3,000 plays since we started in 2019. Now, I know that there's a lot of you out there who listen regularly, and I really do appreciate it. And in that regard, I'd love to hear from you about this podcast, about how you're, you're doing in this very uncertain time we're in, or anything else on your mind. You can do that by pressing the message button on the podcast page online, or by contacting me directly through the Love to Tell the Story Facebook page or by email. Either way, I hope you will keep in touch. So until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.